Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Yeah, welcome back, one and all. Uh, we're here again for another get-together to discuss topics related to well, I guess really a lot of things we cover here, the law, finance, business, and, and so much more. Uh, this is Jim Mitchell, and you're listening to another edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. This week, we're going to take a look at uh, some personal finance issues and get a detailed view of the bankruptcy process, in particular, some of the restrictions and limitations that an individual uh, really should take into account before choosing uh, bankruptcy as a course of action. Joining me to provide the specifics is attorney Timothy Hughes. Tim is a partner at Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, he serves as the chair of the Federal Tax Committee of the Northwest Suburban Bar Association and has helped us on this podcast a number of times in the past. So, Tim, welcome back. Oh, thanks, Jim. Always a pleasure to be here. So, you know, in an overview, I think we're at a point in the economy where things are starting to show some life again. We're starting to see some growth and certainly stock market has come to life, but, but there's still a lot of people feeling an economic pinch, primarily caused by, by joblessness, and people who may have held on for a year or two uh, are, are finally, in some cases, kind of getting to the to the end of their rope. So while generally the picture is good, there's a lot of individuals who may be facing issues like bankruptcy right now as a final option. Now, in the past, Tim, you've explained differences between various types can you kind of take us back and let's start, first of all, with maybe a review of what a Chapter 7 includes? Sure. Uh, Chapter 7 is what's called a liquidation, and that's the quicker, simpler uh, bankruptcy. Quicker meaning from start to finish, it's usually about three to four months, and simpler meaning that an individual doesn't have to make payments to be able to successfully complete the case. Um, and those two... Uh, aspects of a 7 are what lead a lot of people to file a Chapter 7, which is called a liquidation, which sounds terrible, but in about 98% of the cases, it's not. And the other 2% usually aren't that bad because people are advised of the situation before filing the bankruptcy. They're not forced into filing a Chapter 7. They have the option of doing so. Okay, and and uh, I think the other alternative we've talked about is a, a Chapter 13 action. What, what are the characteristics of a 13? Well, 13, uh, everybody calls it as a reorganization, but that is technically a Chapter 11. A 13 is called an adjustment of debts of an individual with regular income, which is quite a mouthful, so everybody just calls it a reorg or a pay plan, and I will do the same because the official name is too long. And there, it's not as short or as simple. Uh, the individual or individuals filing have to propose a plan that meets the requirements of the bankruptcy code in addressing their creditor claims. And that plan may have to run from three years to uh, five years or somewhere in between if they can uh, full pay the case, but most of the time, uh, individual or individuals, a husband and wife filing, don't want to pay 100% unless if they're protecting an asset or they don't have that much unsecured debt, in which case then 
the reason they're filing is probably to save a home from a mortgage foreclosure, and then uh, that's the main goal of the 13. But a 13 okay. is quite uh, more complicated because of the duration of the case. So duration is, is one thing, and as you, you alluded to there uh, in in the Chapter 13, trying to perhaps protect an asset that they still own, are there any other key differences that you can kind of cover between the two of them? Uh the payment plan is really the one that really sticks out for uh, most individuals because uh, people I talk to either have an expectation of filing and kind of wiping the slate clean and walking away and not having to worry about past creditors or they're ready to catch up on that mortgage because they want to st save the house for the family and where the kids are going to school and have provide that stability and just are trying to again they haven't been successful in a foreclosure defense and using bankruptcy as kind of last line of defense against that uh, bank that's trying to take their house okay is is that make one more preferable than the other then it really depends upon the client's needs. Um, if For homeowners, uh, if saving the house for uh, stability for the kids is most important, then sometimes a 13 will work. But depending upon the financial makeup, that family may not need to file a 13, and the 7 could give them the relief without the added stress of making payments to a Chapter 13 trustee for three to five years. So it's really dependent upon each client's particular facts and goals. And in terms of getting a fresh start and, and you know, eventually being able to establish credit again in the future and get yourself situated again, is, is one better than another in that regard? Uh, split decision. Um, okay. Chapter 7 being short and simple, somebody can get a discharge in three to four months, and they're out of bankruptcy in four months, and if they have a car note or any kind of installment agreement that they're keeping during, to uh, survive the bankruptcy, two years of on-time payments on that installment agreement would lead them to qualify for a conventional mortgage, so bankers are still telling us. So uh, the credit impact of a Chapter 7 can kind of be mitigated, not erased, but mitigated with two years of on-time payment, so after the filing, somebody could really, in effect, qualify for a home two and a half years later, whereas in the 13, whatever led the individual to file um, is going to be cured by the plan, which may take three to five years to finish, but supposedly creditors say a 13 warrants a higher credit score, but again, uh, it really depends upon the factors of the case. Yeah, they can be very different. Our, our conversation today, as you've heard, is focused on Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcy filings. We're, we're talking to Tim Hughes of Lavelle Law Limited. Um, and Tim just completed a series of seminars on, on the home foreclosure process as well. And as part of the tax law practice group at Lavelle Law, he sees clients, I think, in a wide range of circumstances. So he's got a lot of experience to share with us. Uh, I know, Tim, in the past conversations with you and some of your colleagues from time to time, we come up with the term uh, or reference the means test. Can you explain for the listeners what the means test is and how it applies here? Sure. Uh, a means test is one uh, test that Congress implemented back in October of 05 to try to 
make sure that individuals weren't abusing the use of a Chapter 7, which gives a complete discharge of debt versus the 13, which requires a repayment of some dollar amount. And to make it, quote, unquote, harder to file Chapter 7, they implemented means testing so that um, an individual who was about to file, we look at their income from all sources for the six calendar months prior to the month of filing, add that up, double it, and compare it to the state median for the size of the household. So for a household of one in Illinois, that's 46522 For two people, it's 58647 and so on and so on. The number keeps going up as the household increases. Uh, and depending upon the income, if they're above that, then we have to look at their expenses to see if they can still squeeze into a Chapter 7 or their only alternative would be to file a Chapter 13 and propose a payment plan that would meet the requirements of a Chapter 13. But um, the means test uh, has been a step to, quote-unquote, make it harder to file 7 and force more people into 13, but I think the numbers show that there still are a large number of Chapter 7 cases filed compared to 13. Now, I know whenever we talk about things like this, we, we sort of have a uh, a general description, but in law there's generally no absolutes. So are, are there exceptions to the mean test that uh, you could kind of tell us about as well? Sure. Uh, a few clients that have come to me that had uh, some high income also had a lot of debt because of a failed business or uh, business venture, such as rental properties that uh, they've lost. And if the individual has more than 50% non-consumer debt, they are no longer a consumer, and that means test is no longer applicable to them. So a lot of clients who have the household still has a sizable income above the median um, if their debt was such that it was mostly non-consumer, then they can bypass that. They'd still have to show that it's a good-faith filing, but usually they don't come to see a uh, bankruptcy attorney if everything is fine and dandy. So uh, uh, paying bills is a good indication, or having difficulty paying bills is a good indication that some relief is needed. And, and is it you as the attorney who will ultimately uh, help the client decide if it is or should be a, a 7 or a 13 and, and kind of set out the reason for them why they have to take that path then? Well, it's their case. Uh, I will lay out the two options available, give the pluses and minuses, and, um, you know, occasionally a client will have a certain goal or expectation that, you know, just want to make sure that that is true and correct because uh, a certain course may not may at first blush seem the better approach. But, um, uh, for example, in the Chapter 13, they can strip off a second mortgage if the first mortgage lender is upside down on the house. And that stripping off of a sizable home equity line may sound appealing, but that only happens at the successful completion of a Chapter 13, which may be five years down the road. If the husband and wife or the clients can't commit to 
being in the same house for five years, then that advantage of the 13 may disappear because if there's a likelihood that one spouse may get a job offer out of state, then why are you fighting to save the house by stripping off this mortgage or if kids will be graduating and moving on and you're going to be empty nesters, why hold on to that house? Interesting. And and as you go through this process, can a, can a judge ultimately reject uh, a claim, either you know one form in favor of another or just reject it outright um, just based on the facts of the case that perhaps it isn't warranted? There would have to be a, a factor that's really jumping out. The U.S. trustee's office and uh, interim trustees and you know some creditors will look at the merits of the case and then may be able to try to challenge the course the client's making. But usually, you know, we do our homework before we file the case, so that's not going to be a problem. Okay, and then I guess just one last quick question here, because I heard you mention before, you know, you said if, if someone is coming to see a, an attorney about a bankruptcy, they're, they're probably in bad shape uh, financially, and, and being unable to pay bills is certainly a key factor. You know, at what point should someone come and talk to an attorney? Is is there sort of a, gosh, I'm in trouble now, or even when you start to see, looking ahead a few months, if you're out of work and bills are coming in, maybe it's time to start early on the process. Is there an advantage to that? Um, I believe it's always a good advantage to seek the information sooner than later because uh, a lot of clients I've counseled, you know, thought they could just weather this little part and um, this period got to be longer than they expected, and they drained their uh, retirement accounts and made some other decisions that, you know, when I'm talking to them about what happened, they're like, oh, I should have seen you uh, 12 months, 18 months ago. So always kind of better to get the um, information so you can decide which course is correct and maybe the timing of that uh, direction as well. Well, I need to uh, say thanks to, to Tim Hughes. Always always good when he joins us. Uh, great information that he shares. And if you'd like to avail yourself the opportunity for a conversation with him directly, you can reach Tim or any of the attorneys at Lavelle Law at 847-705-7555 and, of course, at LavelleLaw.com. So thanks very much for listening today. Look forward to having you back again next week as we start another conversation on a topic that uh, might affect you, your home, your business, uh, any things going on in a legal financial aspect. We hope you'll be here for it. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.